Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, November 11th, and tonight we are taking on the Phoenix Suns, and uh, this is post the storm, man. So we we just got done. Nicole is, is probably done and over with um, in regards to real heavy damage in the state of Florida. Um, just want to take a moment and say that I'm super, super grateful that, you know, Orlando, Kissimmee area, we weren't really too impacted by it, really didn't even feel... Like we were even hit by it. I didn't lose any power. So very fortunate with that. But I know that a lot of people on the coast, they were really, really impacted by it. So hopefully if you're listening to this, um, you know, you you weren't too impacted by uh, the storm. Um, but other than that, man, what's going on now? How you doing? All good, man. Thankfully, safe and sound here. Didn't lose power. Didn't lose internet once again. So blessed to say that. Um, That's right. Like you mentioned, seeing some of the footage coming in from Daytona and things like that. Um, heartbreaking, man. So our thoughts and prayers are with them and their families, and hopefully, again, they can bounce back quickly. Absolutely. Now, in today's episode, we're going to touch a little, we're going to go over some of the games that we've had this past week. We're going to talk about the updates of Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Can you believe that we actually have a timetable now for Markel Fultz? Exciting. That's crazy. We're going to get into details about that in just a few. Um, and then the new marketing. They finally released the official marketing of the city edition uniforms with the video behind it. So we're going to give you some of our thoughts on that. But before we do that and dive into that, um, some maintenance things. First and foremost, we're really excited to announce that we have added um, our guy shop by Lou to video to, to be our videographer for the HQ. And a lot of people have kind of reached out kind of asking like, what does that mean? Pretty much, man, we're sending him to the, to the games and he's recording footage for us. So really excited that um, we've added him on. He is an amazing talent. If you haven't checked out his work already, you really need to because he is super, super dope. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. And a lot of really cool content is going to be coming out. So a lot of things to be excited for. And um, in celebration of the City Edition uniforms officially being released today, we're also going to do a giveaway. Now uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, man. So not, not only are we doing one jersey giveaway we're actually doing two this time so new city edition got announced today got revealed to everyone today we want to take advantage of that and say hey magic fans we want you guys to wear it first i believe uh their first game wearing it will be monday's game against the hornets if i'm not mistaken um we'll talk more about the actual jerseys in a few minutes but the giveaway really simple if you are one of our patreon members you already entered your quote you're already going to be in that one jersey giveaway so best of luck to all of you guys um the second jersey will be for everyone else if you are one of our listeners one of our viewers on youtube one of our followers on social media all we want you to do is really simple click on the youtube video link which will be on our instagram twitter on everything that we we post all of our social media accounts facebook click on that link go into the youtube video make sure you subscribe to our channel you've got to be subscribed to win and all you have to do is reply with a simple, simple comment. And that will be, who will win Rookie of the Year this year? That's it. It's that simple. Who do you think will win Rookie of the Year this year? 
should be an easy answer if you're a Magic fan. Yeah, that's there's, no wrong, this there's no wrong answers, but there's still wrong answers. It's one of those exactly. questions. I like it. So I'm making this really simple. Subscribe to our channel, like the video, reply with who will win Rookie of the Year this year, and we'll choose a winner by our next episode, which will be next Friday the 17th. It's that simple. So best of luck to everyone. If you're a Patreon member, again, thank you for the support. You already entered into the, the contest. Everyone else, go to YouTube and follow those steps. We'll also have graphics on Twitter and Instagram explaining it further if you need further um, explanations of, the, of how it works. But again, best of luck to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can we can we talk about these games? So since our last episode, the Magic have played against Golden State, Sacramento, Houston, and Dallas. And if we were to talk about our predictions for these games, um, it'd be easy to say or surprising to say that we're, we kind of got it backwards, right? The games that you th- would think that we would lose, we won. And the games that you think we would win, we lost. So um, big win against the Golden State Warriors, 130-129. This is the game where we had a huge performance by Jalen Suggs uh, down, the, down the stretch to secure the win. I saw a lot of great things from Jalen Suggs, and this is really this game was really, really important, in my opinion, for Jalen, for the fact that a lot of people were writing him off. A lot of it has to do with the injuries. Jalen Suggs have dealt with a lot of injuries last season. He's dealing with injuries this season. So this big, big game against you know, the defending champs was huge and massive. So I, I kind of want to spend a little time with that game just because if you don't know, I was a, I was a big Golden State Warriors fan. So it was best of both worlds for Al because not only was a very, very high scoring game, but we got the W. So Al, what were some of the things that stood out to you against the Golden State Warriors? So I'm going to have to correct you on that. Just, just make sure. Not a Warriors fan. A Stephen Curry fan, Steph Curry fan. So um, I always say uh, my, this. My bad. Because <laughs> it's not the same thing. No, no, no. Chill, chill. It's, it's not the same. <laughs> but I will say, so every time okay, the Warriors. It's okay for you to have a West Coast team. It's acceptable. No, no, no. In no. some countries. Unacceptable. <laughs> but I will say, every time the, the Warriors play in Orlando, I always say, I want a big game by Steph and a magic win. And guess what? That happened. So Steph dropped what? What's the 40 points he dropped in that game? Put on a show. But then the Magic found a way to battle back and win the game when it mattered most. Um, mm-hmm. To your point, Jalen Suggs, incredible. Down the stretch, uh, hit two major, major three-pointers. We all know Jalen Suggs has struggled big time at the NBA level hitting three-point shots. But he's done it twice now against Detroit. He had a huge third quarter earlier in the season where he just couldn't miss from three-point range to bring us back into that game. And now down the stretch against the Warriors, he found a way to just, again, hit every big bucket down the stretch to help us win this game. Um, so you love to see the energy. You love to see Suggs kind of just battle against the mental hurdle of his shooting struggles early in his career. Uh, but most importantly, the Magic fan base got another win at home against a really, really competitive team. Um, so that's all I can say, man. Impressive, impressive showing from Jalen Suggs and the Magic um, but to your point, probably a game that we had thought we're not going to win that one, and yet we found a way to win it. What I one of the things that I love about the game is that one, you're you're surprising people, right? Because we obviously we're not the favorites to win it. So one of my biggest things for this season was really changing the way that people view the Orlando Magic, changing the way that that people see that not only are we a young team, but we're competing. 
So all these games that we're we're playing in, one of the most consistent factors is the fact that we're not getting our ass beat. We're 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 in there. I think uh, they were talking about it on on you know on the broadcast that you know we were leading the NBA in most clutch games. Like we we've been you know either winning or losing by a very very small margin. Um, so it's it's again it's a different vibe that you're getting from the Orlando Magic. Even you know Draymond Green was is a player that we know is vocal and and likes to talk all types of smack. And how many times have, has he talked bad about the Orlando Magic the, the last few years, right? After this game, it was a different tone. So we know, and this is something that was talked about before, that the Golden State Warriors have struggled to win games at Amway. They haven't won a game at Amway since 2017, right? Yep. More or less around that mm-hmm. time frame. Um, so that continued, right, with this win. But the things that Draymond Green was saying is what really stood out to me. That you know this this team is is different now, that they're not getting beat by life. You watch them; a lot of it has to do with Paolo Bancaro. But out of all the teams that he's played against with the Orlando Magic for at least the last decade, in his opinion, this is by far the most confident Orlando Magic team that he's played with, which kind of contradicts a little bit because we beat you every single time at home. <laughs> but the fact that there's a compliment coming out. No matter, no matter that is coming from Draymond Green, no matter what is being said, is that now it's not Orlando Magic, the laughing stock team. It's the Orlando Magic. Man, you guys really need to come prepared when you come down to Orlando because them boys down there can can compete. And I think that that's the, the biggest factor is little by little, team by team, we're going to start earning that respect. And if there's one thing that I can honestly say that I wanted for more than anything, not talking about record, not talking about playing tournament if there's one thing that i've always wanted this team to get back to is being able to have that respect factor and i think that you know that was a a a pillar of a game for us to be able to to initiate that yeah i mean anytime you beat the defending champ it's always going to be a huge win at home and then you have one of their best players again coming out and saying it like hey this team something special is happening he's already been talking so well about paulo also throughout the offseason so you add that to what he said about paulo I mean, it's it's all adding up. If you're taking notes, you can kind of see that this blueprint in Orlando, it's going to lead to something special at some point. It may not be there yet. And we'll talk about some of those struggles here coming up, but it may not all be there yet. But you can definitely see like, hey, something special is brewing out there in Orlando with this Magic team. Yes. Now, however, following those games, Sacramento and Houston, two games that we really, on paper, we should have won, Right. Really, really tough game against Sacramento. This was a game that Darian Fox had, you know, a a really clutch shot at the end. Um, you know, we blew a 20-point lead in that game, but it was a very, very competitive game um, towards the end. But in the beginning, the Magic came out, and we started playing really, really good basketball. Like, we were we were punching them down every chance that we get. And, you know, uh, from the streams that I've been utilizing to be able to watch these games, a lot of these streams are not coming from, you know, the Orlando Magic broadcast. They're coming from the broadcast from the other team. And listening to Golden State, Sacramento, Houston, Dallas, hearing, hearing these broadcasts, their tone is also changing. They don't say anything bad about the Orlando Magic. What they're saying is, man, that kid Paolo is gifted. Man, look at Bobo. Man, this team is starting to get it together. Um, but when it comes to Sacramento and Houston, these two losses, what were some things that stood out to you with those games? 
I mean, extremely, extremely disappointing, especially being at home. You beat the Warriors and you come back. Sacramento, you play that first half. It was immaculate. Like they played an amazing, amazing first half leading by 18. I believe you go ahead and increase that to 20 in the third quarter and then everything just collapsed. That third quarter was absolutely horrible. The Magic could not make it right. Um, they still fought through it. They still managed to, to stay in the game like they always do. They fought hard. Um, but to lose the way that they did, man, I mean, Amway was so freaking loud when Chuma got that steal, laid it up, and the game was tied with like six seconds left in overtime. And then De'Aaron Fox just comes in and he hits you with that half-court shot. Nobody, and I can tell you, nobody in the arena expected that shot to go in. We were all ready to go into second overtime, and then that happened. Uh, so a gut punch, for sure, for Magic fans. And then Monday, you think Houston again, Jabari versus Paolo, which, by the way, Paolo dominated that matchup, and we'll talk about that a little in a little while. But again, just a game that you feel like, hey, we're, we're going to win this game. We didn't play well at all, though. Houston just simply made every single three-point shot, it feels like. They just couldn't miss. I think they hit 22, 24 three-pointers in that game. And talking about some of the issues I'm having so far with the Magic early on is defending the three-point line. Like, Houston was open all night long for three-point range, despite them hitting them consistently. I just couldn't understand that. Um, But a really painful loss, again, coming off a win against the Warriors, a tough loss against the Kings. You follow it up with one of the worst teams in the NBA, and you blow that one too. So really, really rough to kind of swallow that pill after a really good win against the Warriors. It's tough because you look at these games, and with the win of Golden State and Dallas, the Magic should really be on a four-game winning streak. Both games extremely winnable. Um, You know, Sacramento was a fun game to watch, mainly for, you know, so kind of going through the stats, Paolo drops 33, Franz 31, Wendell 17. Bobo had a solid 23-point game, seven rebounds, two assists, and this is him shooting 10 from 11. This is like him playing 37 minutes in this game, but he shot 10 from 11. These aren't all just shots in the paint. We're talking about three-point shots. We're talking about fadeaways, mid-range. We're talking about crossovers. Like he was really scoring from a you know different magnitudes of of you know things that he was grabbing from his bag. So it was awesome to see because it's it's a reminder that all right, we this isn't just like a one-time deal, two-time deal. Like we're starting to see like really great consistent play from Bobo. And I think that his style of play is what changes that outlook of the way that we're viewing this team. Now, could we confidently say that Bobo, or let me, let me ask you, do you, would you confidently say that Bobo is now part of our court? I don't think he's a hundred percent there yet, but he is definitely playing in a way that it's going to be hard to keep him off the court. And at his age with his potential, you got to add him to, to, to that list of players that can be a part of this core going forward. Yeah, and during this game, we also saw DMPs for Caleb Houston and Mo Bamba. Um, during the stretch, we also saw DMPs for, you know, RJ Hampton. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, but what I'm starting to feel or what it's feeling like, obviously injury is is a big reason for these things because, you know, every game is is a little different. We're, we're looking at different rotations. It looks as if coach is still, you know, trying to figure out the lineups. Um what are your thoughts on Coach Most so early? There's a lot of 
there's a lot of things that people are are really not liking, are liking. There's a lot of not liking than there is of liking. Um, and we were going to talk a little bit about it um, in a few, but I'll just bring it up right now. But according to Vegas odds, Mosley is the favorite for the next coach to be fired. Do you even agree with that sentiment? Is, is coach really doing that bad of a job to where Vegas is already thinking, hey, I'm pretty, I'm going to put my money on this guy being fired next. So I got to say, um, completely disagree with that statement. Um, there are some things that I'm not liking that Coach Mose has done so far. But at the same time, I think if that were to happen, if the Magic were to fire Coach Mosley tomorrow, do you think he's got a fair chance? This team has never been healthy since he took over last year, especially J.I., Markel, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. Those key guys have been out for long periods of time. So how could you really assess this guy? You really don't know what you have in him as a coach because we haven't had a competitive team to go put out there that's fully healthy. When they somewhat did, they played amazing, which that was after the All-Star break last season. And even this year, we're down, what, five rotation guys, seven rotation guys yesterday, and we're still competing and beating a team like the Dallas Mavericks. So as much as I would like to say I may agree with those guys because some of the things that I'm seeing, like the rotations he's using, the schemes that he's throwing out there on the defensive and offensive end, I can agree with that. He hasn't gotten a fair a fair chance to coach this team, shows what he's got. Um, so, no, I do not agree one bit with that, with that statement by either Magic fans on Twitter or what Vegas is saying. Yeah, Mo, listen, Coach Moles isn't perfect. He's still a new head coach. <clears throat> it's going to take him time to figure it out. Um, I absolutely hate the fact that we're playing zone defense. I, I don't like that at all. I wish we would just mm-hmm. stop. Um, but that's that's it's going to take him a minute to figure that out. He's committed to it, and I don't expect nothing less. Who knows? Maybe the reason why he's doing it is because he's waiting for more players to to get back in from from their injuries, and that way he's able to you know do something else. It, I'm hoping that the zone defense is more of a band aid more so than than anything. So for those that are kind of already taking their you know their their picks and axes like kind of you know chill out a little bit like i i'm not happy with some of the decision that he he has made either but honestly if we're looking at teams in the nba that have been missing five to seven players you know it's it's really hard for them to be successful at the same time it, there's going to be a point where i i don't feel like the magic should be playing 10 to 12 players like you're you're going to need to have that that strict rotation and I think that once the Calvary comes back in, we'll start to see things a little more differently. Um, now, that Houston game, we did see that Paolo kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit, which kind of caused him to miss the game against Dallas. This is a game that you're going against Luka. The last time we played him, you know, it wasn't that great of a showing. So a lot of people were a little worried about that game. But no Paolo, no problem. You know, Franz Wagner was a player that played really, really well in that game. Chuma did a lot of good things in defending Luka. Um, and the Magic were able to get a win out of it. What is what stood out to you about that Dallas game? The main thing was defense. I mean, you hold Dallas, which, by the way, is the best scoring team in the NBA up until yesterday, to 87 points. That, to me, was really, really impressive. And they really did it the way the Magic were shutting down teams last year as a unit, as a team. Um, most of the game early on, you saw the switch on defense where everybody was just switching, right? If you get a pick and roll, 
now Wendell is guarding um, Luca, or pick and roll now Bo Bo is guarding Luca. Well, guess what? Late in the third into the fourth, the Magic stopped doing that. They are putting Chuma fighting over every every scheme, screen possible, getting in front of Luca, and that made the world of a difference in the game. He did an amazing job, just making him uncomfortable. You're not gonna stop Luca. The guy is way too talented, but they made him really uncomfortable out there. Um, so really, really impressive. And I mean, France, what else can you say? This kid has been doing an amazing job as of late. Um, he hit that patented uh, Dirk Nowitzki, a uh, little fadeaway, uh, one-legged shot. I mean, impressive against the Mavs. Uh, perfectly timed to put the game away. Um, so, I mean, you can't say enough thing, enough good things about the team yesterday. Impressive showing. We just got to see that more consistently, man. Enjoy the win, but let's make that happen a little more often here in the upcoming week. Yeah, we went six games straight, scoring above 100. Um, and this was the first game that, you know, offensively we we struggled a little bit, capped off at that 94 mark. Um, but it was good to be able to get that win without Paolo because it, it goes to show you that, you know, the Magic can kind of scratch your way through. You know, Paolo is a player that, you know, for a fact is is consistent enough to where you're expecting. Now you're expecting for him to go out there and drop you 20 to 25 points. Um, but to be able to see also that, you know, Franz can kind of lead the team as well um, was was really impactful for me. So I'm really happy that we were able to get that win against a a whiny Luka Doncic. <laughs> he whines a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's a player that you really like. I really want to like Luka. Like I really do. He just makes it makes it hard. Makes it hard. <laughs> um, so, I mean, listen. Franz Wagner's averaging 23 points per game, 5.6 assists, shooting 56.8% from the field in the last five games. Um, you're you're looking at, you know, stars in the making, in my opinion, between Franz and Paolo. This is not even this is without Markel, Jonathan Isaac. The the magic right now are three and nine. Realistically, what what are you expecting when it comes to when it comes to All-Star break, we've heard reports, and we're going to go into more details about it in a little bit, of there being a timeline of Markel coming back soon. One of the biggest things that the Magic are really struggling with is the fact that we don't have that consistent ball handler. We've talked about in the last podcast where it's like, great, we have Franz do it, we have Paolo do it. You know, Jalen Suggs is is kind of helping in, in that sense where it's it's point guard by committee. By committee. And what is this team going to look like once they really have a real point guard leading them through? I mean, right now, to see France with those numbers, especially the last five games, even while having to you know, be the point guard, most of the time he's guarding also one of the best players on the other side as well. And so on the defensive end, he's putting in a lot of energy. Um, impressive stuff from France overall. Um, you got nothing but great things to say about him so far. The only thing I could say is shooting the ball a little bit better. We need that that three-point shot to go in more frequently. It's gotten better recently. We need it to stay. Um, but to answer your question, three and nine record, realistically, what should it be? I think the Magic should at least be five and seven right now, realistically. I think we could have possibly won that game against Sacramento. We could have probably won the game against OKC. Just two games that comes to mind that we had pretty much locked in. We, we had those wins. And man, it changes the world. It makes a world of a difference to be five and seven or to be three and nine. You're now maybe considering playing tournament expectations, still kind of realistic. 
you're still thinking highly of the team, all that while having so many guys out. Um, another question that you asked, what will we look like with a point guard in place? The biggest thing for me is France goes to being a three for real and staying in that position, cutting to the basket. That alone gets him at least six to eight points a night that right now he's struggling to get because he's handling the ball so much. So I cannot wait to see a game, whether it's Markel, Cole Anthony, whoever it is, that's a point guard that, that can finally run the offense efficiently to unlock that, that aspect of France's game. Because right now we're kind of seeing that uh, he has to create a lot on his own. So, man, Paolo, France, we have a great duo kind of in the making here in Orlando, uh, but it's only going to get better the moment that we have, whether it's Markel, Cole Anthony, whoever it is, just a point guard that can run the offense. Absolutely. Now, kind of transitioning into the big announcement from the Orlando Magic today, where they finally released their City Edition uniforms. We've already known what these jerseys are going to look like with the leaks. Uh, we've known now for about, I want to say about a month and a half, two months now. But now it's the official release from the team. And one of the things that we talked about before is kind of what, let's let's wait a little bit before we completely write these jerseys off because, you know, you had fans that liked it but you had a lot of fans that did not like it. But for me, I wanted to wait to kind of see what's the reason behind it. Um, and we finally got to, we finally got to see the reason why they decided to go with the design that they chose. Um, so two things off the back, right? The very first thing is the fact that they are also uh, creating a new city edition basketball court to go along with these uniforms if you remember from the last city edition court that we've had um it was released with the very first city edition uniforms and i'll be honest with you i wasn't i wasn't a fan of it just because we didn't like the font of the orl and they utilized it for every city edition after so they really maximized you know the the amount of times that they utilized that court for the last three seasons um they completely went away with it brand new court. Um, and one of the biggest things that really stood out to a lot of people about these uniforms are two things. One that they really didn't go with the magic blue. They kind of went with the Navy blue look. Um, and then also the font on, on the uniform where it said Orlando. Now we got to understand the reason why it looks like the magic are kind of utilizing a medieval magic, you know, type of feel to these uniforms and at the end of the marketing video that they had um they utilized the words kingdom on the rise which i absolutely love no matter how you feel about the uniforms whether you like it or you don't like it if you watch this video that they created this hype mix for this um for these uniforms um there's no way that you watch it and you're just like nah that wasn't it there's no way because when I watch it before I read anyone's comments of what anyone said and felt when I saw that video, I'm like, yo, that was good. Like, bravo. Like they did. They did well. Now I understand a little bit why. Because people saw the fun. They were just like, ah, that reminds me of the Pelicans. Yeah. You know, some, <laughs> some others said, oh, maybe it's because of Church Street. We didn't like the font. <laughs> excuse me we didn't like that the font didn't match the numbers so yep. now that you got a chance to see the marketing what did you think i mean i definitely think like you said it kind of made it put it all together right all the pieces make sense now um but i think i tweeted this this morning i actually like the slogan more than i like the actual jerseys the the kingdom on the rise i think that's something that to me 
you can build upon in the upcoming years. Um, never been a fan of Magic Together for whatever reason, just never really uh, stuck with me. I don't think Kingdom of the Rise will be our new thing, but I do like the fact that they're building onto it, hopefully, uh, in the future. Um, I also like the courts more than I like the jersey. It's a nice little clean-looking court, uh, kind of dark theme to it. Um, really looking forward to seeing it live again. I think it's Monday, their first game at home, so looking forward to seeing what that looks like uh, in person. Um, but nothing, man. I mean, we talked about it before. I wish that we had done more with the jerseys, but I do like, again, the storyline behind it why they're doing it, putting it all together, like you said, makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, so we we had talked about the design on the uniform. Um, I had mentioned that kind of remind me a little bit of Black Panther. Shout out to anyone that's going to go watch Black Panther this weekend. I'm super excited about it. But um, on the uniforms, you know, there was there was kind of like this crisscross look on it. And I, I really didn't know what that was, but I, I thought it was different. It was a different design. It was a, a light 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 line of the pinstripes um but now we know that it's it's more of a armored link that they decided to go with that design it's also a design that they're utilizing for you know for the paint on the um on on the city edition courts so unique concept man it's it, the magic transition from space uniforms to oranges now they're going medieval which i am not mad at at all yeah, we want it different. We're getting different. Yeah, we're, we're getting different. Be careful what you ask for. If you don't like it, <laughs> it's your fault. Um, now let's let's kind of transition to RJ Hampton real quick. Um, RJ Hampton is not getting more minutes. You would think that, you know, without Cole Anthony, without Markel Fultz, with with an in and out Jalen Suggs, you would think that, you know, this is an opportunity for him to, you know, play basketball. He's one of your guards. Remember in the in the offseason where we had a lot of conversations like, man, the Magic have a lot of guards. And now it feels like we don't we don't have enough. You have moments where, you know, Kevon Harris is playing way more minutes than RJ. RJ Hampton got some DMPs. Like, what is what is going on? What is going on with RJ Hampton? You're asking that question, and, and I'm pulling up the stats here right now to try to make sense of it. Um and looking at the stats, it makes even even less sense. So, 10 games played so far, 15 minutes a night average, shooting it well, 48% from the field, 50% from three-point range, 92% free throw line, 1.8 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 6.4 points. But a key stat to me is only one turnover per game. So, when you think about those numbers, I would understand that if he was struggling if it was turning the ball over a ton, playing bad defense. I tweeted this earlier this week, and I'm like, there's got to be something more internally going on with RJ Hampton's situation that we don't know about because performance-wise, it is not making sense to me. And why do I say that? When you compare his play to the Summer League, when you compare it to last season even, he was rushed. He was going 1,000 miles per hour. The game seemed too slow for him. Like he just He was way too fast out there. And that led to mistakes. That led to poor decisions. But one thing is for sure, he's always been able to shoot the ball at the NBA level. He can score a little bit when given a chance. And he can play solid defense again when he puts his mind into it. He seems to be doing that and still not getting minutes over guys that, again, like you mentioned, Kevon Harris, G League guy. Um, think about Caleb Houston, a rookie, a second-round pick at that. 
no Jalen Suggs for a little while, no Cole Anthony now for the next few weeks, no Markel Fultz, and you still cannot get minutes. It's kind of weird. Do you think there's more to this than we may be aware of? I mean, we know he fired his agent, which is Mike Miller. We know his option was not picked up. There's kind of a lot brewing besides him not getting minutes. Do you think I'm onto something here or am I just going crazy? It's hard to say because, you know, you're you're not in the mix to really know. We can only speculate. Um, this reminds me of kind of how we felt about Mo Bamba playing under Steve Clifford. We thought that there was something there and they denied, they denied and denied. Um, I don't know, man. What I, what I like is that he's at least being positive about it. Like his body language isn't, isn't fully changed. Like when he gets in the court, he's, he's playing ball. Um, on social media, he went on to say, man, I used to stress that's before I know who was in control of my story. And that's God take all the weight off your shoulders and have faith in him forever protected. So this leads me to believe that, you know, it's, it's, he's just going to go with him man. he's, he's going to do the best that he can. He's going to be a professional. Um, and when his name is called, he's going to go out there and, and do the best that he can. RJ Hampton is not, is not perfect. He's not the best basketball player in the world. He's not a person that we're going to put in there and we're relying on him and him only to take us to the promised land. But what I think is that there's still a lot of potential and that we're still trying to untap that potential. I, I wish that there was a way for us to be able or for him to be able to find that common ground. You would you would want a player that if if they can't have anything going offensively, then defensively, it's got to be like your anchor. It's got to be, mm-hmm. you know, the the it's one of the reasons why I like Michael Carter Williams so much. Like a lot of a lot of people were against MCW. But what I liked about him is that even though he went out there missing a whole bunch of crazy three-point shots and every time he shot, it's kind of like, no. But this man was diving on the floor. He was getting bloody. He was being aggressive. Like, I just wish that I saw a little more of that from RJ Hampton. Like, I feel like he should be the player that is diving on the ground for every... I don't care if the ball is on the other side of the court. If it's on the floor, he's diving somewhere. Like, I, I just want him to be gritty. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've seen that attitude side of them. And I think that that's the part that was missing. Um, one of the, one of the, I, where was it? I want to say it was maybe the shop from Draymond Green, where he was talking about, um, you know, him as a role player. And he was talking about how, you know, he was looking, he was on this team where you had Steph Curry, you had Clay Thompson, you had all these guys that are really, really good at shooting. What was it that he was going to be able to bring to the table? And he said that, you know, it's, it's him being, you know, aggressive, vocal is him being kind of that that enforcer in a way. And he knew that if he stopped doing all of that and he became a better shooter, that his value would would drop. So when I think of that, it's kind of like I wish RJ Hampton can find his niche on this team. And until he finds what that niche is, you know, he's always going to be that odd man now. And that niche cannot be speed. Like, cause you can't just rely on speed because speed can only get you from one side of the court to the other side of the court. There has to be that point where that speed is utilized to your advantage. And I feel like we've, we've seen some positives from that. And I feel like the, the, um, in the off season during, during summer basketball, like his time there wanting, and this is him taking the initiative to be a ball handler. I feel like his time there kind of hindered, you know, people's view on him, but he hasn't played bad. He's played okay basketball, but I still feel like he needs to be able to find that thing for him to show that he can fit on this team. 
but time's running out. Like this is this is it. So if we don't keep you, you're a free agent. Like you're not going to leave one of the worst basketball teams in the NBA to go on another team, and everything's going to be all all great. Unless he, man, I don't know. Maybe he goes back to Denver. He really liked it there. Yeah, man, it, it's just weird. Like I'm looking very quickly at his stats most recently. So against Dallas last week, he played 20, 21 minutes, 15 points. OKC, 21 minutes, 10 points. Golden State, 20 minutes, 15 points. And then that is followed by Sacramento, 17 minutes, only five points. So struggled a bit. And then Dallas last night, nine minutes, two points. So as you can see, he's played well when he's gotten the minutes. But for some reason, his minutes got taken away in the last two games without really a clear explanation or a clear reason as to why. Because he was scoring off the bench, which we need. Our bench has been horrible this season. So again, just doesn't make sense in my head. Like, why, why him? When you got again guys like Kevin Harris out there, um, and we're, the most important thing is we're struggling to score the ball off the bench, and he is doing that. So I don't know. For me personally, maybe I'm seeing more than than there is to it in this story. But I, I wish there was more of an explanation as to why this is happening to him because it seems like um, he's doing well in the minutes that we've seen out there. I mean, something's going on. Not he's getting DMPs. The whole situation with his, with Mike Miller and the agency, this all kind of happening at the exact same time. There's something going on. We just don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe we find out later, like a lot later. All right, let's transition into Mark Hill and J.I. Starting off with Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac says that he is closer than ever to return. How many times have we heard that? I heard that pretty often. Way too many. Yeah. And he said that he will use the next few weeks to get into game shape and integrate himself with the team. Um, Al. Is it finally happening, or are we kind of are we are we saying reserve? We're keeping our composure. We're not we're not letting ourselves get excited. I think I said it last week on the on the podcast or the week before. Ji does not exist in my mind until he's actually back on the court. So that is great to hear. By the way, shout out to Kobe Price, uh, getting us this great insight into what's going on with Ji and Markel. By the way, because we know we don't get nothing from the Magic, even if you ask them blatantly, which some of our writers have covered the games have tried, well, and we get the simple robotic response. And that's the crazy thing, is that these, you know, this this little little bit that we're getting, we're not getting it from the team. It's not like the Orlando Magic, you know, John Hammond, Jeff Waltman, they're not the ones saying that, you know, three to four weeks. They're not nope. saying that this is the closest that we've seen Jonathan Isaac return. This is coming from them. We're getting the information from the horses. Exactly. So even though it is J.I. saying these things, again, in my mind, he doesn't exist. I will only believe it once he gets introduced to the crowd. Similar to Markel last year, the crowd stands up and he's back. At that moment, it will hit me. Until then, great to hear. I'm, I'm happy to hear he's doing well. No setbacks. He is One great thing that was said was he is finally doing five-on-five five work. He is getting tired in this workouts, which is what he wants. He wants to get back into game shape. Um, and he even said he can actually go out there right now and play 10 minutes if needed. But of course, the Magic will not do that just yet. Nope. Um, but with that being said, great to hear. I appreciate the update. In my mind, it's not happening anytime soon. I just want to be able to see what this potential team looks like. Now, in the beginning of the season, we were talking about, all right, maybe what if we move Franz to, to the two guard? We're seeing a lot of Franz at the two guard in the moments that we're able to. And now, what was the lineup that we were talking about like early on in the season? It was Mark Hill, Franz, 
you know, Paulo, J.I., and Wendell. Mm-hmm. That's a realistic lineup now. Like before, we're just kind of like, you know, how cool would that be? Now it's a realistic lineup. That's definitely happening. But I want to be able to see what that finally looks like. Because now let's get dangerous. At that point, let's get dangerous. Let's, let's put let's put Franz at the point guard and put Bobo at the shooting yep. guard. <laughs> and then Paulo, then J.I., then Wendell Carter. At this point, let's just let's keep experimenting. You know, we're we're three, we're what, three and nine? What are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three and nine. Just keep experimenting, right? See what that looks like. Because what's going to start to happen is that these teams are going to start fearing the magic size. Like, that's going to happen. It's already happening now where you're doing pick and rolls with a six foot 10 with a six foot 10. You're seeing a lot of deflections. You're seeing a lot of, you know, defensive. Like, it's not perfect. We still got to figure it out. But we got trees out there. And what are they going to do when we had like another layer? And this is someone that their anchor is on the defensive end. Like I want, I want to be, I want to see Jonathan Isaac and Bobo on the court together. I want to see what happens. Put them out there. Let's do it. Upsetting, right? It's the fact that we want to see this team out there. We want to see this guy. So we're so hungry for it. And yet it's always another few weeks. Another month. I'm getting yep. close. I'm getting close. Which, by the way, go ahead and talk about Markel Fultz. So we can combine these two into one. Yeah. Markel Fultz says he is ready to play now, but expected to return within three to four weeks. So pretty much um, two weeks ago, he got a scan on his toe and they said that his toe hasn't fully healed. He's supposed to get another scan this week. Um, and then hopefully it starts the process of, of being able to get him on the court. He says that he feels no pain whatsoever on the toe. So um, we kind of already knew this information. It just wasn't confirmed it, just by us being Google doctors and kind of seeing how long it takes for, you know, the something like this to heal. And then we also knew that there has to be that period of, of getting back into game shape. Like at this point, we know what the process is with the front office kind of to an extent with Jonathan Isaac. That's it's just a weird scenario. It's been a weird scenario for a while, but with, with Markel Fultz, we at least know that the, the reason why he's not playing is, is not for any injuries from before is really just from that whole injury. So now we know for a fact three to four weeks, but this is coming from Markel. Like Markel is telling us three to four weeks. Orlando Magic is not saying this. Markel is saying that. So who knows? Now, now we're putting a little a little reminder on our calendar, December 10th. So remember, December 10th, we're going to look back and we're going to say, okay, where is Markel Fultz? Because Markel said three to four weeks and he's still not playing. Then it's kind of like, dude, like what more, what more needs to happen? What are we waiting for? But you know what's exciting though, yeah. like if you think about it. So we heard Cole Anthony is supposed to come back around Thanksgiving, right? Yep. That's kind of what the latest update was. Correct. J.I. said, I need a few weeks, a few weeks to get back in game shape. Markel now is saying three to four weeks. By the way, these are all just kind of player stalking, right? We don't really have anything official from the team. Correct. So what's exciting about this is if you if you give me timelines, at least, as a fan, I'm like, all right, you know what, man? I can hold off. Next three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be rough. Off. Our yeah. schedule is really tough. The next, yep. the next few weeks. But man, at the at the end of the tunnel, you're telling me I'm going to go to games starting December. 
featuring Cole Anthony, Markel Foles, J.I., and the rest of the squad. Yep. I'm good. I'm good with that. But it's not going to happen. We'll find out. The great thing is that these guys want to play. We knew that they want to play. Like we know it's not. We know it's not them. And listen, the last thing we want is for anyone to be rushed. And then these injured players that we got them injured, got them healthy, get sent down. They get re-injured. Like we we just don't want the re- we we don't want the repeat. We want all right. You're active. You're ready to play. And let's stay that way. Because, all right, we've gotten to a point where we know that all right, maybe this season isn't isn't playoffs, right? But eventually, it's gonna have to it's gonna have to start rolling, because this is this is what I love about the addition of Paolo, right? Paolo is a mother effing stud, right? Now the Orlando Magic have an issue. And this is this is what their issue is. Their issue is now they have an all-star caliber player that they have to keep happy. Like now they have pressure. Before they really didn't have pressure. They were still trying to figure out. Jonathan Isaac left. Oh damn, Jonathan Isaac left. Markel Fultz left. Oh damn, Markel Fultz left. But you can't let a player like Paolo go. You can't let a player like Franz go. Now there's pressure. Now, okay, rookie season. But let's fast forward three to four years from now. Obviously, he's going to sign a rookie extension because nobody doesn't not not sign a rookie extension, right? They're trying to get trying to get paid, but there's there's pressure for that. There's pressure for them to win. The Dallas Mavericks. You don't think that they have pressure with Luka Doncic? Hell yeah. You don't think that you know these other like you now you have to form a team. You have to keep that player happy. You keep the player happy by doing two things: keep them happy by money, keep them happy by giving them talent so that they're able to compete and win games. What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go when I bet on the NBA. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet this week, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. A lot of things to look forward to. Markel, Jonathan, Isaac back. New uniforms, uh, new court. A lot of things that I feel going towards the end of the year, um, it's going to be a lot lighter than um, than what we've been experiencing uh, lately. So, with that said, man, the week ahead we got Friday, we got today against Phoenix, Monday against Charlotte, Wednesday against Minnesota. Which one are you circling as the game of the week? 
Game of the week, Scott, I don't know. It's got to be Charlotte, I'm thinking, right? Because, again, Clifford's back once again. We, we want to beat him again. Um, I don't think they'll have LaMelo healthy yet, so that should be a game that we have to win. So I'm going to go ahead and say that game is a must win for us. Um, and I'm just hoping between Phoenix and Minnesota, we some way, somehow can be one or the other. We play well against good teams. Phoenix will be that one. Minnesota is slumping big time right now. Even though they have this amazing talent out there going on, they cannot seem to put it together. Take advantage of that and, and, and run them out of the court and, and come out and beat them. Um, so I'm hoping for a two-and-one record. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Phoenix is is definitely the um, the the big team of the week. But, man, I'm looking forward to Minnesota. I haven't seen – I know that Minnesota has been playing – they've been struggling a little bit. Um, but I, I haven't had a chance to really see Cat – um, and and Rudy play and the fact that they're a big team. I, I want to see how our big guys play against a big team. Um, and then kind of you know Anthony Edwards. I want to see that the Franz. Hopefully Franz matches up with him. I want to be able to see that. Um, and I think it's gonna be exciting. So Phoenix, Charlotte, Minnesota. I got us going. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put us two two out of the three. I'm going to put a win against Phoenix just because we like playing these really, really good teams. Only if Paolo is playing. If Paolo isn't playing, then I'm, I'm taking that vote back. Um, and then a win against Minnesota. Coach Phoenix nice. Minnesota. Okay, I'll take it. As long as we get two wins out of the next three, I'll be happy. Yeah, for sure. All right. On that note, it's a wrap. Make sure that uh, you guys look out for the giveaway information so that you guys can be entered for that. And on that note, it's a wrap. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.